Tapestry Inc., which is the company that formerly was known as Coach Brands, uh, includes Coach Brands, Kate Spade, and Stuart Weitzman. All three of those brands are powerhouses in the luxury goods market. What's interesting is that when you look at luxury goods through the strategy simplified framework, looking at the cost structure, we see that some of the standard rules are broken. So does breaking the rules mean that they have a different business model, or does it mean that we need to understand it through a different lens? Let's find out. Coach Brands is one of the most iconic luxury brands, and it's interesting because it's in between super luxury designer brands and general middle market brands. So Coach has this unique place in the market that for many years has driven a big part of its success. Coach is now a part of Tapestry Inc., but today we're going to really focus on the Coach portion of Tapestry. We're going to talk a little bit about luxury brands and how they fit into the strategy simplified framework. We're going to talk about the history of Coach and Tapestry. We're going to talk about if Tapestry and Coach in particular is successful right now and what the future of success for this brand might be using the strategy simplified framework. Let's get started. Tapestry Inc. is the current name of a company that really was known for many years as Just Coach and then acquired two other big brands, Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman. And the core of the business was based in New York City, uh, Coach New York, Kate Spade New York, and then Stuart Weitzman, all New York brands. And in 2018, the revenue was in the $6 billion range for the conglomerate. In 2017, the company decided that it wanted to be more than just Coach to represent the other brands that it had acquired. And so they renamed as Tapestry, which caused some confusion in the marketplace because it actually seemed like there wasn't any brand left at the end of the day. So there was a new brand that had no brand name. And uh, so there was a little bit of a challenge in terms of their stock price reception to that. Overall, this business is a goods business, a product. And if you've been following Strategy Simplified at all, you'll know that there are two main types of businesses, variable cost and fixed cost businesses. And the variable cost type of the business is where every time something is delivered to a customer, there is an actual linear incremental cost. And for Coach, that's absolutely true. This is a variable cost business. But interestingly, in luxury brands, we see something a little different than you would in other kinds of retail or product-based businesses where it's not super clear whether variable cost is always the biggest part of the business. And we're going to dive into that in just a second. So when we know that it's a variable cost business, we want to dive into the numbers. And in this case, that's where we're going to see this kind of funky story. Usually when we're looking at it, we would look at the net sales, the revenues, uh, then we would look at the cost of sales, and then from there, the gross profit. And if that number, if the cost of sales is more than 50% of net sales, bingo, it's a variable cost business, and we can see that. But what happens if that doesn't happen? Well, then we look at a second thing. We look at the cost of sales compared to the fixed cost of the business. We look to see which one's larger. And you'll see in this case that this begins to break the rule. So we need to understand what to do when that happens and whether to hold with our conviction or change the business model definition. So in this case, Tapestry Inc., uh, which includes Coach, is uh, as of June 29th, 2019, $6 billion in net sales. 
so revenue about $6 billion, $1.97 billion in cost of sales, or the actual cost of the products that it takes to produce it. So about $2 billion, or one-third of it, are variable costs. So immediately we would say, no, this is probably a fixed-cost business, or at least it's not definitely a variable-cost business. So that might defy what we said originally. Um, then we go down and we look at what the selling general administrative costs are, and look at this, $3.2 billion. So those eclipse the magnitude of the cost of sales. What's interesting about this? Well, it's a luxury brand. So it's going to be different in terms of the margin that we expect on the net sales. And also the mode of operation will be different. So this is a variable cost business where every time you buy coach purses or Stuart Weitzman shoes or a Kate Spade bag, some cost is incurred by the company in order to manufacture and deliver that. But we also have this very high overhead business that's focused on branding. So it's spending a huge portion of its amount on branding, administrative, which is normal, and then selling costs, which include the vehicles for selling, which in their case are a lot of very expensive retail stores. Uh, so one of the questions of the, this kind of business is, does that make it a fixed cost business? Is this a fixed cost business where you're just trying to sell enough to generate your capacity? And uh, there would be, if that were true in a luxury brand, two options for the way that the luxury brand could evolve. One is that the luxury brand could reduce its price significantly over time, looking to drive volume and still maintaining some margin, but maybe not the somewhat extraordinary margins that you can see here. I mean, $2 billion in cost of sales and $6 million in revenue means that one third of the cost of everything that they're selling um, in the store is cost and the rest of that is gross profit. So very healthy um, margins on the contribution margin side. So one option is that you could just reduce the prices and find a more optimal revenue curve. And in luxury fashion, that could be one of the options. Um, however, your second option is to maintain what you have and to spend what's left over the two thirds of your gross profit on sustaining those profit margins. And that's arguably what luxury fashion does and has done, uh, which is where they do spend overwhelmingly on some of the fixed costs of the business. And the point is to maintain the pricing power over the costs. Um, what is Coach and Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman probably not going to do? They're probably not going to spend the majority of their effort in the business negotiating with suppliers. That's not going to be a key for how they're thinking about their business. What they're going to do instead is focus on spending money on branding, on great retail experiences, etc., to try to drive up the contribution margin, the price per item, and the number of items that different customers purchase. If they're able to do that effectively, uh, then they'll be successful in the long run. So what happens in the future? Well, in a market that currently is shut down and hurting in light of coronavirus, 
and is reopening and will reopen slowly, uh, we're not going to see a bounce back immediately in retail to any level to where it was, and especially not to kind of pre-e-commerce levels. So what's going to happen? We, we need to see luxury brands competing and thriving in an e-commerce model where they could really show up in the numbers in the same way that they are right now on the cost of sales and the variable costs, but then really diminish their SG&A, their selling general administrative costs. If you can have a luxury brand with no storefronts and a very low cost to operate, that's going to be the powerful luxury brand of the future. And that's what we need to see in luxury brands to evolve successfully over time. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation about luxury brands, strategy simplified, and cost structure. We'll make sure to include the numbers for you as well so that you can take a look at those. Join us on Strategy Simplified, our podcast, or on our channel to get more information. Thanks again for joining.